Welcome back to Wandering the Weekend. In this episode, we head down to Bloomington, Minnesota to speak with Bob Countryman, CEO, and John Langang, head brewer of Nine Mile. We also crack open a Shardic Expression Imperial Stout for the first time as we wander the weekend. And we're back in the pod basement. Uh, not quite a year this time between episodes, but uh, it's been a while. It has been a while. I can't remember the last time we did this. And we've got we've got Nova's actually being a little bit more chatty these days. How you doing, Nova? Good. Welcome to your first, uh, well, it's not your first podcast, but it's like the first time you got an open mic. How do you feel? Good. Yeah? Have you gotten on adventures lately? Yeah. Yeah. Like where? Like breweries and cookie doors. Breweries and cookie stores? What's your favorite brewery? Um, Six Mile. Six Mile? <laughs> that was really close. Nine Mile. I nine think, mile. I think Nine Mile is yeah. what you wanted to say. But it was really close, yeah. And, and wh- why do you like to go to the brewery? I know. Get this Rupees! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've gone on quite a few adventures since we last met up here in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what... Uh, mostly kind of like little weekend adventures. Well, we did have that big one up to your your family stomping grounds. I can't remember the name of the oh, lake. Oh, was that the last time? We that was right before okay. that. So we had we did the Colorado trip in the last episode. Right. So then in oh, um, no. the summer, like late summer last year... We went with my whole family to Finland, Minnesota, and it was Crooked Lake Resort on Crooked Lake. Uh, It's right next to the Boundary Waters in the middle of nowhere. No cell service, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no television, not even a telephone. No, but there was one sick kid. (laughs) There was one very sick kid, our little girl, Nova, and that was an experience. We got to visit the Grand Marais... Emergency room. Emergency room, room, Yeah, fun times. It was overall a really good time. Um, I really wish Nova would have felt better, but we did have a... The boys had a great time, and other than our constant worry about making sure she was okay, it was okay. She had a stomach bug, and she got it over it about a day before we left. (laughs) Or maybe not even. Maybe it was like the day we got home, she was finally fine. I can't remember, but that was fun. And then we've done kind of some weekend wanders here and there we have kind of been sticking a little closer to home and we've been spending a lot of time at nine mile i know that's crazy i never thought i would ever like find a a local watering hole that would just constantly keep bringing me in but it does and in fact um in an article i recently wrote at beer pluma please go ahead and check that out at beerpluma.com i was listing off the my favorite new beers that i tried during 2022 is kind of like a year-end recap and the one that i named as the best beer new beer that i tried of the year uh, it was Nine Miles Pub Ale, which to me is just like a perfect example of what craft beer should be. And one thing led to another. And, you know, the next thing I know, we had an interview with him. Yeah. So that was last weekend. You went there and then Nova and I joined later. I thought you would be just about wrapping up when we showed up. But um, no, we were. But no, you guys were still chatting. We were still talking. <laughs> so I decided to kind of keep Nova company, right, Nova? And we um, we played some board games, and we had a rip beer while Papa finished up with his conversation. And then and then we were back there like a day late. Was it a day later or two days later? It well, was yeah. Sunday, so we it were was, there on Friday for the interview. And then on Sunday we were back there again. And then, when was the outside of our wedding when we were at Ben Distillery for like three days in a row? When was the last time we were in the same brewery in the same weekend? Never, never. 
Well, you were in the same brewery. I was like, get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I had and I had all four of the kids. Yeah. So we had you had our three kids and then the neighbor, neighbor kid, kid. Yep. Um, who tagged along. She's lovely. Um, she's always over here. She's great. But I had stuff to do, and I was like, can you please just take him for a second? And you're like, how about nine miles? I was like, perfect. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't even have to. I think it was my idea to take him to nine miles. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. So we do have a great interview for you coming up here from uh, John and Bob at Nine Mile. But before we get to that, I think we should try one of their beers here online together. All right. And this was actually a gift from uh, John at Nine Mile. Yeah. So after the interview, he kind of came and chatted with us for a while. And he's like, I got to give you this one. Well, and, and it's great because these are one of the beers that I can't drink while I'm out driving the kids around. So right. you know, these are always ones I have to bring home anyway. And so I never get to try these beers. So, I'm real so during that interview, you'll talk about the beers you did try. And then... One of them. So after the interview, he actually started coming back and... And started like giving me more samples of other things. So we had their Lithy, which is their new farmhouse ale that just came out. Mm-hmm. I got to try their new anniversary ale, which we talk about in the podcast, but we didn't sample on the podcast, which is amazing. If you are a fan of coconut and almonds, you need to go try that beer. Uh, it should have just came out this last Sunday. Um, that would be February the 6th. So go out and try that beer. It was fantastic. Well, and the whole and the whole point of the interview was is are, they're celebrating their first anniversary. Yep, they're celebrating their first anniversary. And I needed to know the other part. Half of it was I needed to know more about their pub ale, which is like for me the most perfect beer that's ever existed. Right. The interesting part about their first it being their first anniversary to me is we've been to you have educated me so deeply <laughs> <laughs> on the brewery community, whether you liked it or not, and beer that I am shocked about the quality of their beers um, compared to the other places we've gotten. We've gone all over the country at this point tasting beer. And Nine Mile, I would go to again and again and again. Yeah, and they have the, they have a really good variety. So like we touch, we touch base on this in the interview, but there are so many breweries out there that focus in on like a specific style or a specific set of beers or they're just IPA bombs one after the other this one really spreads the gamut there's a little something for everybody at nine mile and they're all really good beers i've never had even an okay beer at nine mile it's all yeah and i can't remember what the name of their hazy ipa is what is it oh is that current obsession current obsession and yep. it is my current obsession hence the re- and if you listen to our the, the interview coming up you will know that that is the reason why they call it current obsession i very much enjoy that beer in fact when you went on sunday with all the children to leave me at peace to get some stuff done you brought me home a crawler at my request, which I really appreciated, and drank immediately upon your return. <laughs> you, you deserve every ounce of that, baby. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So, do you want to talk about this beer that he that that he so um, graciously gifted you? So us, I, I so say. there there are two crawlers right now that I have from Nine Mile that are above ten percent in ABV. This is. Shardic Expression Number One. This is an Imperial Coffee Vanilla Oatmeal Stout. So, based on the name, we should get pretty heavy uh, alcohol notes out of this. Should be pretty smooth, not very, not really hefty in the carbonate. It should be very smooth mouthfeel. Hopefully, I well, I'm not hopefully. I know John now. <laughs> He's a really good brewer. So, uh, really good coffee and vanilla notes to it. The oatmeal stout. Expect a little bit of a drier note to it. Um, but other than that, so this promising to be a really good beer so and i have not tried this one so this is this will be the very first time mm-hmm, i've tried this one mm-hmm, from nine mile mm-hmm. and i've had almost everything from mm-hmm. them at this point point. and it's been a day so i'm excited to try it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've had quite the day haven't you yeah it'll get better at some point here okay so i'm gonna pop the top 
Nope, that's exactly actually what you want to see out of a crawler. Uh, you want to kind of see it kind of come up a little bit with a nice fresh springy pop to it. So that's yep. using our ears and our five senses of evaluating a beer. And now I'm going to pour it. You should see this one. So uh, Cascading Head. Uh, if you know, you know. If you've been into enough Imperial stuff, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's got this nice cascading dark tan head. Just inky black so people often ask me what's the difference between a stout and a porter the honest answer is not much the line is very blurred but one of the things that identifies a stout versus a porter is that you should not be able to see through a stout when you hold it up to the light and this is just about as dark i mean it is absorbing all light and i'm holding it directly up to the light right now it's beautiful it's black like my soul (laughs) (laughs) and so so there there we're using our eyesight Mm-hmm. another sense yep. in tasting this beer. So now I'm going to use my nose to capture some of those aromas. It smells delicious. The coffee really comes out on this on mm-hmm. this one. It's it's a nice, good... Like, I almost want to drink this for breakfast. You could drink it, like, just picture camping. <laughs> <laughs> and you you start the, the fire in the morning and you're just about to make, like, you know, like, breakfast omelets or something while you're camping. You know, quick, one of these. Quick shout out to one of the original owners of Beer Pullman. His name is Andy. And uh, he would go camping and he would drink a stout just like this and and, and have it with a pound of bacon. That's all he would have for breakfast (laughs) is like a crowler of the darkest, inkiest stout in the world and a pound of bacon. That's a breakfast beer for you. All right. Oh, I'm digging this. And I'm and I am getting the I am getting the oat flavors off of it. Totally. I got that too. Um, Nova wants a snack. (laughs) You may have a crunchy snack. Go find one. So this is this is probably the second beer I've had from them that's over 10%. The other one was being the Imperial Anniversary Brown that they did. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time where it does not taste like a Imperial at all. It is, I mean, it kind of does, but you're not getting, a lot of places when you do an Imperial Stout, you get that really heavy, boozy taste to it. I would say even more than the heavy, boozy taste, normally with an Imperial, I get this sweet, super sticky taste. The raisin taste. I was just yeah. going to talk about the raisin taste. And this doesn't have that. It's definitely um, thick, and it's definitely, yep. I can taste the booze on it for sure. But it's not that like cloying, sweet raisin flavor that you normally, even with like Imperial IPAs, I've gotten that flavor before, and I don't, I don't taste that with this. So definitely thick on the mouthfeel, absolutely agreeing with that. So as it hits my palate, there is kind of a, a thickness to the flavor and a little bit of sweetness to it. And then you get kind of like this almost woody vanilla flavor. And then all throughout that whole thing, you get the coffee bitterness and a little bit of a chocolatey bitterness to it that just kind of carries along and it just kind of lingers there with that nice, deep, roasty bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's super well done. Mm-hmm. Super well put together. Really light on carbonation. What I mean, kind of what I've experienced before. Yeah, it's kind of hard. That it's goes. kind of hard to keep the carbonation when you get the alcohol up this high. Um, But it's really lovely. Very drinkable. What a great way to end the day. Or start the day if, if we were <laughs> camping. <laughs> um. Yeah, super, super nice. Don't, we don't, we, we just don't have bad beer from Nine Mile. We really have not experienced. And I, we choose, like, oftentimes on Fridays, we, we're going to go to a brewery and have a beer um, and maybe get a bite to eat somewhere or something like that. And we're always, like, hemming and hawing. And, of course, on Fridays, you're done with the work week. Don't really want to 
have an adventure. And you kind of just, you don't want any surprises. Right. Yeah, you just... And almost all the time, we are just like, let's go to Nine Mile. <laughs> and it's just super nice. It's, I love the brewery because it's, it's big enough and they have the seating proportioned so nicely that you never feel like, even when it is slammed there, I never feel like I'm sitting on top of somebody else. And I always feel like we have our own little space to kind of relax and decompress. What's really weird is even on like some of the busiest days we've gone in there, we always seem to get the couch. I know. They've got these big comfy couches surrounding a fireplace. And Nova loves it because we can all snuggle together. And and it's real close to the board games. Yep. Play a board game and watch the fire and have a beer and she'll have a root beer. And yeah, we really enjoy it. So all around, probably for sure my favorite brewery. Within spitting distance. <laughs> Probably my favorite brewery in the metro area at this point. It's kind of taken... So there's three breweries that are kind of close to us, and it's kind of taken over as our favorite spot. It has taken over. Not kind of taken over. It has taken over as our favorite spot to go to. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to switch up that thing when we hit that exit. Instead of saying that other brewery, we're going to have to say Nine Mile. I know. Yeah. For years. <laughs> every time we, we, we get off a um, 35... 35 on our way home we always joke and and say a certain brewery that's off the exit not that there's anything wrong with that other brewery it's still good no but that's that was like our we could walk there at our old place and kind of our little home brewery this i think this is our new home brewery i think so too so so with that said let's go talk to john and bob all right, weekend wanderers. I am in the tap room at Nine Mile Brewing in Bloomington, Minnesota. So, if you guys have not been down here, this has been one of my greatest finds that I found in the last year. Well, I didn't really find it, but I'm here with the people that did found this place. So, do you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick? Sure. Uh, my name is Bob Countryman. I am the owner operator of Nine Mile. This has been, uh, I guess, a, a love and a, uh, a passion of mine to bring the first brewery and tap room to Bloomington. And I'm John Langang, and I'm the head brewer. The first question that I have to ask, uh, why Nine Mile? I know that's important to Bloomington, but people outside of Bloomington might not know that. Yeah, so Nine Mile Creek runs through Bloomington. If you grew up here, you'd be very familiar with Nine Mile Creek or live here. Runs through many of the parks. Nine Mile Watershed is actually much bigger than Bloomington, but back in the old horse and buggy days, it was nine miles from Fort Snelling to where Nine Mile Creek crossed Old Shakopee. So that's how the creek got its name. And one of our investors, actually the creek runs through his backyard, and he kind of threw out the name Nine Mile Brewing Company. And we looked at some others, but you know, being from Bloomington, that has some nice memories for all of us that are the investors and, and just people that live here. Uh, and I think just think it has a nice ring to it if you're not from Bloomington. And then you can tell the story of how the name came about. So you guys have now been around for almost a year now. Almost a year. Feb- yep. February 11th of 2002 was our grand opening. First <laughs> off, congratulations on your first year. Uh, that That is an amazing feat uh, in and all of itself. But not only that, but I mean, this is a crowded market. This is, Minnesota has some of the best breweries nationwide wide and you took the chance to build this brewery what was the inspiration for a year ago uh, when you started putting well I'm I'm assuming that the planning was more than a year ago but it's interesting because my wife and I have always liked going to tap rooms Uh, we have dogs we love finding places that are dog friendly when our kids were younger they love the food trucks and I just thought it was very strange that we're always leaving Bloomington to go out to find a tap room and a brewery and so I started asking Uh, some questions we in Richfield have the same problem exactly yeah so I I started asking some, 
some questions and you know talked to the city and said why doesn't Bloomington have a tap room? Well, it turned out there was an there's old language in the city charter that precluded tap rooms. It was very specific on how liquor sales could happen in Bloomington, and a tap room brewery did not fit in those definitions. So we actually had to get that changed. We had to get a, a question on the ballot. It had to pass by 55 percent of the residents, about an 80-20 vote to get rid of that language, so the city could then proceed to do things like tap rooms or a distillery tasting room. All of these things that have sort of evolved since that old city charter was written. So this actually began in January of 2018 was when I sent first sent an email to the city. Uh, so then, how did you get? How did they rope you into this whole project? Well, a uh, friend of a friend reached out and well, actually reached out to my wife, who's also in the beer industry, and asked if I'd be interested in sitting down and talking about a potential new opportunity for me. I'm like. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll hear it out. So I met up with Bob here and uh, one of I guess you could say one of our investors. Yep, and, and a consultant. Yeah, talking about it. I was like, okay, you piqued my interest. And then you know I reach back out. I'm like, I, I would I would like to hear more about this. So like, let's have another meeting. And then we had you know a couple more. And they're all kind of like differing um, aspects of it. Like you know, what does this entail? What does this entail? I wanted to be very thorough before you know I made the move down here from where I was previously at. And every Everything just kind of lined up uh, to, yeah, it all sounded great. I'm like, let's do this. I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm I'm ready to make a change, a jump over to here. So just went full bore into it. Just, just dive in. into it. So tell us a little bit about the, the lineup of beers you guys have. So one of the things that John and I talked about when we first were going to open is making sure that we had a variety of beers that anybody that liked beer can come in and find a beer that they would enjoy. So I have friends that are really more on that light beer, very American lager pill style and sometimes they struggle in tap rooms because a lot of things are very focused on IPAs or other types of beers so when we talked about it's like let's have two or three things that are very drinkable and I would throw pub in there shift in there people really can enjoy those if you like beer you're gonna really enjoy those too the others kind of in the middle you've got all your IPAs and your porters and your stouts and all of the things that make craft beer so unique and and you know varied just a lot of variety and then on that far end you know we can experiment a little bit like John did a peanut butter honey banana blonde ale that when i first heard that name say that one again it's peanut butter honey banana blonde ale i was like i'm not sure about this beer right so it came out i'm like all right give it a shot i really like this so you know i'm learning every day too on just there's a lot of varieties out there i haven't tried this was great john just keeps coming out with new beers but again we wanted to cast a very wide net so that anybody that enjoyed a beer can come in here and look up at that menu board and say yep i I think i'll like that one i mean yeah it's it's important to me too to have a balanced board i mean when you know i worked at dangerous man we strive to keep a balanced board as well a little bit of everything for everyone so when you are in the tap room there is something you can find and then you know if you go from this thing it's like all right i might be a little more adventurous i want to try that or like i don't even know what the heck that thing is i'm going to try that too but to engage and draw you in with something that you are comfortable with and then if you feel like going out of your norm or straying this way or that we do have other options for that as well and you know there are there are breweries that are very niche or they have this one singular focus and some of my favorite ones whether they're here in state or out of state 
I, I, there are some of my favorite ones that are like that. They do a few things extremely well, and that was kind of their their goal from the outset. That's awesome. Like it's all on what you want to do and what you want to focus on as you know your your individual setup. And we wanted to do everything balanced here to bring anyone and anyone in here to uh, yeah just enjoy what whatever they want. The the one other thing I would say is it's really interesting to me to get people to try a new beer, one that maybe they wouldn't try, and that peanut butter honey banana blonde ale is one of them. I've had a couple people like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, just take a sip. Try it. See what you think. They're like, oh, I, I like that. I think I'll get that one, which is really fun. Is that, that one currently on tap? Yes. Yeah, it's oh. almost gone. It's yes, almost it gone. is almost okay, gone. So and, and we just brought it out in January, like yeah. mid-January. So it's been a, a big seller. That's, that, a, that's yeah. the far end of the spectrum on the other end. You know, like here's your very light options. Here, this might all sound like what when you see it, but just, you know, give it a try. It's definitely not for everyone, but for people that do like beers that are almost like culinary and their approach where they like to mash up things like not everyone has had a peanut butter banana honey sandwich but i'm pretty sure someone <laughs> like anyone has had something very similar to it that's got peanut butter and a, a derivation of something there because that's you know as a kid you have something with peanut butter in it whether it's pbj peanut butter and honey peanut butter cinnamon like something like that so uh this that beer in particular we do you know kind of an employee of the month thing like we all kind of nominate who's kind of going above and beyond every month and when they win they you know they'll they'll sit down with me and we'll we'll design something that they want to like a concept they've been been ruminating on for a while like oh can we try this sure and this one was an employee beer it's like how could we make these things work i'm like yep i'm pretty sure i can do that we'll see <laughs> so some of those things i've already like i've used many times before and others i'm like all right well we'll try to keep this all in balance but I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do it. So I was like, oh, this is my first time doing these few things together too. I've done these all separately. Let's try to make this into one Put cohesive all project. And I'm glad that it did turn out the way it did everything. All all those things that are in the name are there, but they're all in a, a bit of balance. Like you can tell they're all there. They're all subtle to like medium intensity and not just like, oh my God, I can taste one thing over the other. So that, you know, the banana part was tough to pull off. It's like, am I gonna put banana puree in there? Like. No, there's there is a really cool strain of yeast from Omega out of Chicago that is without getting too technical into it. it it's based off a, a Hefeweizen strain, but instead which of imparts that banana yeah, flavor, yeah, yep. yeah, that uh, isoamyl acetate, which is that like ba that banana <laughs> ester without having used bananas. But they 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 took they engineered it to take the clove phenol out of there. So no matter how you ferment it, hot, cold, or in the middle of its temp range, you're not going to get any clove. You're just going to get that the banana nice flavor, banana, yep. which is like okay, I'm. I'm gonna go that route because I don't want to add actual banana in there. I want it to be subtle. I want That's the, awesome. The honey to be subtle. I want the peanut butter to be, you know, rather subtle. I want it all to be nice because it, it, at the end of it, yeah, it's a blonde ale. I didn't want it to blast out that it's also an approachable light beer too. It just kind of hit all the notes, luckily, <laughs> and wrapped it all together into a nice, you know, cohesive whole, which surprised me as well. I was like, great. <laughs> and I'm glad that Pete, like, I'm surprised it's gone as well as it did. And that's, that's great. I'm, I'm, it, I'm happy. It's been awesome. It. So yep. We have four core beers. Uh, one is an American uh, pale ale. It's kind of a kind of a middle ground to like kind of classic American 
pales where you got your your citrus, your pine, your like your floral notes, and then just a little nod to like the cool new kid hops. So you got a little bit of tropical notes to it and and things of that nature, kind of like a smash up to it, which is why I called it Parallels Pale Ale because you're kind of paralleling one world with another, and it's not leaning too hard into one or another. So it's kind of approachable by people that like classic pale ales and people that also like you know the new as in the last you know five or so years like the tropical leaning hops that are kind of in everything right because i like both so i wanted to just go kind of a middle ground so it was approachable for everyone there's a our house new england or hazy ipa called current obsession which is kind of tongue-in-cheek because it is kind of everyone's current obsession currently in the uh the beer world and it is our you know i haven't checked sales in a while but i believe it's still our number one number seller. one seller yeah uh, and then we Current <laughs> Obsession is your number one seller? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So the, occasionally a new beer will you know, beat it for a week or two when it yeah. first comes out. But consistently, Current Obsession has been the number one seller by far. Okay. Then we have our aptly named Shift Beer with a sort of made up spelling. But it kind of, if you look at it on the board, it looks German. It pretty much is. But there's just a couple of extra consonants in there that just for fun. So that is like the namesake. It's a Shift Beer. It's just our house lager. It's really easy drinking, uh, fairly approachable for really anyone it's our consistent light option on tap and then last but certainly not least we have our house pub ale which i mean when you look at it like pub ale sure like what does that mean because if you're over across the pond in britain and you go to a pub they have their pub ale it could be a bitter an ordinary bitter an esb a mild like what have you any mix or derivation thereof and i chose the uh dark mild route because i personally love them and around here the, the few that I have had in the past, whether it was from Surly or Fulton or what have you, are either one-offs per year or they do it, either a one-off or like a series they do once a year, like in a very short amount of time and then it's gone, which to me was always a bummer because I really love drinking them. So I thought, well, I'm just going to throw a dart at the wall here and hopefully, you know, it sticks with this style. It's like when we opened up, I'm like, this might be a complete miss. We'll find out. But it is garnered enough of a following at least here to where i have to consistently make it and (laughs) i'm really happy that it gets to stay being one of the core beers because it's what i typically drink after a shift it's just it's what i love and i would really like to focus in on this beer a little bit because uh i have been following this industry pretty die hard since i started beer pluma in 2013 even going back further than that back in 2009 when i first started getting into craft beer and during that time I've always been about variety. I love the variety. And that's what, one of the things I love about craft beer. There have been very few beers in this world that I have been able to say, this is my favorite beer. Earlier in an article that I did at Beer Pluma, uh, at beerpluma.com for anybody who's listening, uh, go ahead and go read that article. I named this beer as my favorite beer. And I don't say that very lightly or very often. To me, this is like perfection in a glass. And it, it, it is multi. It's got the right level of hop notes to it. It is just, it is just all around the easiest beer to sit down and just kick back and just relax this beer calms me down every time i drink it and i love it and i i I, i'm pontificating here a little bit but this beer is near perfection and it is what craft beer should strive to be tell me a little bit more about that for me as as far as what i just previously mentioned that i love drinking milds in general and it's my go-to beer here and that i i love and appreciate and thank you anyone who's listening that does drink this beer and supports this because I definitely will continue to make it uh, if you keep drinking it. It also is one of the best smelling beers I make. Like the the mashing this beer in is is delightful. I mean, more often than not, any dark beers that I make, I tend to like those uh, this just this early morning smells of like a dark a dark mash. But this this takes the cake. It's got 
a little you know a little bit of everything it's nice and balanced it's it's nuanced it's all it's all british malt try to stay as you know true to style as as i can there are english hops are they're not hard to get a hold of but quality can be a little here and there on that so it's just kind of like a standard bittering hop we have in house which you know, hops aren't the focus of this beer anyway. It's just to keep it lightly in balance. And yeah, I, it's it's great. I have made, I made a couple different versions of a mild previously at Dangerous Man where I worked and brewed before this. And actually one of the first, the first commercial beer I ever made was a, at Dangerous Man, where it was my own recipe all the way through front to back, no help, no nothing, was a, uh, a rye mild. Because I do like using rye too in, you know, sparing amounts and things, unless I really want to blow something out with rye, <laughs> which isn't very often because it's not the most popular uh, in- ingredient um, around. Black pepper taste can really be hit or miss with certain people, right? <laughs> especially in their beer. So I made a rye mild there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put flake dry and crystal rye and like any rye I could get my hands on at the time. And I just remember when it finally went on tap the day you know it went on tap and when we opened at four o'clock that day i'm sitting there just sweating bullets i'm like i hope everyone likes this because you know i had peers and friends come and like i'm gonna have a pint of this i'm like okay i hope you like it (laughs) and you know the response was like yeah i i I rather do enjoy this you know or yeah it's 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 pretty good i'm like okay there are like give me feedback like i i appreciate feedback good or bad like how could i expand upon this or if there's any technical something wrong technically that you're picking up let me know like just anything and everything give me all the feedback so i could if i choose to make this again or riff on it like i i would like to so please let me know so i got some good feedback from you know industry peers and friends and people have been doing a lot longer than i am i'm like thank you so you know, I wrote notes, being so new at it, and just wrote all these notes down, scribbled them really quickly, like that day before I left. I'm like, awesome. And then I made it one other time a few years later, just because, like we said, it's not the most popular style. So it's like, I, I want this to, you know, I want it to be enjoyable and also sell, but I'm not going to make it very often just because it is what it is so but just keeping that in mind yeah when again when when i got here i'm like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna resurrect that but i'm gonna strip the rye out and then the last time i just made it as is with no rye i was like it was a little too car- caramelly and a little too this and that the other thing i'm like i'm just i'm gonna start from scratch again and now being doing this for you know a number of years and knowing what i like what i don't and just having you know the knowledge i have now i'm like all right i'm gonna wipe the slate clean start it over I'm going to build it like this. Okay, this is what I want to do. Let's go for it. And it, it turned out the first time. I haven't had to tweak or do anything to are, it. Are you kidding me? This is this is the original recipe? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And what I like about it is, to John's point, I mean, when he came here, he's like, I want to try an English mild. I'm not sure if people will like it. But back to what you're talking about, variety in the craft brew world, you're able to do that. You're able to take a chance and say, all right, let's try this. Let's see how it goes. And the reception has been awesome. I mean, so I just think it's really fun because I knew John was really hoping to be successful he really wanted this beer because it is just such a fun interesting beer and people have embraced it which is awesome and i think this is a good time for a beer like this because you're seeing people more embracing the beer flavored beer styles yeah you're people are are gravitating they're not gravitating away from ipas let's face it ipas are probably going to be popular for the next couple decades (laughs) forever (laughs) (laughs) i can't say forever but let's but but let's but at least for the next couple decades ipas are probably going to be the number one selling beer everywhere but you are starting to see people embrace this this beer flavored beer getting more towards their traditional styles and the roots of craft beer drinking and stuff like that so this i think this was the perfect time to bring a beer like this out onto the market and this is exactly what i am looking for on a, on a Saturday after the kids are in bed and I'm just looking to put my feet up and just relax and watch a movie and I mean I can't say enough about this beer it, it is 
perfection in the glass perfection in the glass thank you i do appreciate that it's still weird to me to like hear compliments about this because i'm not used to it i'm like oh my god thank you but <laughs> sincerely i do appreciate it thank you very much this this is this also has been kind of a gateway for people especially down in this area that you know there hasn't been a craft brewery in bloomington before everyone travels everywhere else to get you know their taproom fix or craft uh craft beer fix on site, not having to bring it home from themselves from a liquor store. And this has been a gateway beer for people that want to foray into dark beer. It's like, well, do you have something dark, but I'm not really a fan of dark beer. Do you have something that's maybe bridged the gap or that's, yeah, try this. Yep, exactly. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, medium in body. It's got all the notes you want from a dark beer, but it's very approachable. It's not cloying. It doesn't stick. It finishes you know, decently dry for what it is. It's like, okay, you like that. We do have some other options up here now. If you want to come back for another pint or a taste of something, a sample, here's our other options. Like, go give this a try. Let's see what you think about it. Now, you do this in a traditional pour, and you also do it in a side pour. Can you tell me a little bit about what the what people can expect in the difference? Because I, I see that, that sometimes the, the, the taproom person will, will ask me, well, do you want a side pour, or do you want the traditional pour? I'm excited that side Side pull taps and side pours from them have caught on here in the States the last, you know, couple years. They like like everything, since we're not on one of the coasts, we kind of catch trends towards the end since we're in the middle, so it'll travel from east or west and kind of just makes our right here. <laughs> Unless there is a, a brewery in town that does a collaboration with someone out east or out west and all of a sudden it's a thing here and it just explodes all of a sudden, which happens as well, which is awesome in and of itself. So the difference between a standard pour and a side pour of this or just side pours in general the way that they're constructed these are from the czech republic and this is almost exclusively how they pour beer over there is through these uh specific taps uh the way it's designed is there i mean i could there's a lot of technical mumbo jumbo and jargon but distilling it down there's a screen in there when it's coming out it it spreads the beer to such a degree where you get some people call it wet foam i mean it's all wet but like to differentiate between between a regular foam stand it's thick it's creamier you pour it completely different than you would like a standard beer it's it's such a no-no to dip your glass into the tap if you're doing any like standard pour that's a huge no-no where this is a complete reverse you want that tap basically touching the bottom of the glass you barely open it to get that nice head you're just getting foam out of it for the first you know third two-thirds of it and then you open it wide open and you straighten it out and this whole time that tap is buried in there because if you pierce the head then everything kind of collapses a little quicker than you want you pull it out and then it's got you know a nice two or three fingers depending on what uh what you like or what style of glass you have for it it lends itself to like i said it's a little creamier it's a little less carbonated because most of it's on the top but you get a different aromatic experience it's different on the palate it's a little different on the finish it's not if you had it side by side it's like oh my god it's a completely different they, they beer, taste like different beer uh, well they don't taste like i would say they're texturalized as different beers right I you're agree. still getting all the flavors from both of them that are identical but there is there's a textural component that is different i feel like the side pour gives you just a much softer mouthfeel and it's funny because the first time I ever had one was we were doing a collaboration with DCBC and Bradley over there gave me, here's a side pour and here's the non-side pour of the same beer. I was like, wow, I really can tell the difference. And you're at the same beer, but there is definitely a difference in the texture. And to your point, the, I mean, the, the foam and the aroma, I, I truly enjoy a, a nice side pour. A lot of people are like, why didn't you put that on nitro? I'm like, I could, but I, I really wanted to get a side, side pour tap. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we could run some 
you know, traditional loggers and things through it, which every once in a while we'll switch it up. Like we just had a Vienna logger on where we had that on side pour until it left. And then we put this back on. So this would, this will be like the, the standard thing that'll be on the side pour, unless there's something I really want to put on that's different. Like we have, it'll be, a, it'll probably be a week after um, our one year anniversary party coming up that we'll have a pre-prohibition logger coming on Ooh. tap. And I'm going to, you know, run that through there for a day or two and see how it goes. And if it goes well, I'm just going to keep that on until that runs out and then you know put this back on so that it'll it'll be like a rotating side pour tap but it'll be this pretty 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 standard as a second option for just the standard pour so what's it going to take to get this one in cast condition yeah <laughs> i you know i you know I've, I've thought about that too we when i did my time at dangerous man we did you know we had you know a beer engine we did nitro we did you know gravity fed firkins and casts on the on the uh, bar top and like we we tried to do a little bit of everything just to try stuff out what worked what didn't what people like kind of came back for regulars liked you know this that or the other thing and gravity mounted firkins were fun for a while it's like no let's get a beer engine it's a little a little more technical but it's a little easier for x y and z and you know those are fun too and it's not to say we would i mean we have bar space we could do it but i don't know like people have brought it we've yeah. talked about it yeah, lightly talked about it it's not out of the realm of possibility okay like it, okay if if that happened i it would probably segue from this being on side pour to just being on cask and then standard and then i could loosen up the sideboard for something else i mean if that did happen i should be the first person you call okay <laughs> Fair enough. sounds good deal i mean yeah it's it's an idea we definitely you know could explore it's it's definitely not a no <laughs> anniversary ale coming up or an anniversary beer coming up i don't know if it's an ale or a lager uh do you want to talk about that one a little bit yeah so it's going to be an imperial brown ale Ooh. There's not, I don't have a name for it quite yet, but I'll think of one when the time comes. There's a so few things rolling around in my head. Yeah, it needs to be soon. What's uh, that one clocking in at at the ABV? 10-2, I believe. So Ooh. nothing too insane, but just kind of over that what Imperial nowadays is considered, yeah. especially for something like that. And everyone does Imperial Stouts or riff on an Imperial Stout or something like that for their anniversary beers, and that's great. I, I enjoy them too, but I wanted to do something a little different. That, and we just snapped on an Imperial Stout a little while ago, so I don't think it would make <laughs> sense to double them up. They'd fight each other for sales on tap anyway. Sure. You know, I like, I like a good solid brown ale. And I haven't seen an Imperial Brown Ale in a while, unless was, I'm not paying attention. There was one that was floating around in the market not too long ago, and it caught my eye just because you don't see Imperial Browns yeah. very often. I did put a portion of it into some uh, freshly dumped local bourbon barrels, just two of them. So hoping to release that on our second anniversary, just give it a year in some wood, let it slumber. All right. Uh, like get some fun stuff. And then the brown ale that went into the bright tank, I did put a couple um, a couple of adjuncts on it. I'm not going to mention here, but just a, a few things that are a little fun to not to completely blow it out because I don't want to do that. I just want it to be little hints, little subtle notes, still keep it in balance with what the, the brown ale is by itself. It straddles the toasty, a little bit of caramel, a little bit of toffee, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I didn't want it to be too one thing or the other. And then on the... Uh, little fun things I'm conditioning on so it'll it'll it hopefully go well I was like I don't know if I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot doing an imperial brown ale but we'll see what happens I just we'll see kind of like this pub ale I'm like let's throw a dart at the wall see if this <laughs> is gonna be a good first anniversary beer but you know, well, I, I hope everyone likes it I will out. definitely be down to try that one so awesome uh, speaking of your first anniversary you guys have some big events coming on and by the time this podcast is out we'll be just a couple days away from those 
So do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about your anniversary uh, sure. events? So our anniversary actually kicks off in a couple of days here on Sunday the fifth. We are going to have a seventy-two team cribbage tournament in the afternoon. So from five to whenever we get done, we have. Uh, typically host cribbage doubles tournaments once a month and we've sold out with 36 teams the past three four times we've done it so we said let's let's double that let's just get a big group in here and then uh monday we're just doing some stuff for the kids and tuesday we're doing a couple of video game tournaments one for the kids one for the adults we really like nine mile to be family friendly so we love doing things that parents can bring their kids and have fun the parents can enjoy beer the kids can have a nice craft soda but have activities for the kids wednesday we're having trivia mafia do a special beer trivia and some nine mile trivia thrown in there thursday we've got some music uh friday night we actually have the players from the minnesota whitecaps we are there our official brewing partner are going to be guest beer tenders so that will be kind of fun uh, Saturday we have two bands one starting at 3 or 3 30 and one at 7 uh, so we're gonna have you know things going on all week every day we're gonna do a raffle and every day we're gonna do a nine mile trivia question so people will get to win fun things anything from a crawler to the grand prize on Saturday is going to be win a patron's pint which would give you your first beer free daily for life Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd so be something to fun. win. Yeah, kind of fun. One other anniversary event on Thursday is we're going to have a beer pong tournament. We'll be using water in the glasses, and it's just for fun, but it's just one of those activities that we hope people will come in and, and have some fun doing. Spent 31 years in the insurance industry. The craft beer, beer world is not necessarily my, my world, right? And moving into this, I cannot believe how helpful people are. I mean, how helpful they were for us getting up and running, doing collaborations before we you know, could brew ourselves to get our name out there. Uh, just bouncing questions off people. I mean, it's just, it, people are so awesome. They, everyone cooperates, everybody helps out. It's been kind of fun for me because I've had some breweries that are opening up soon or some that actually have, but some that are still in progress, reach out to me to get our experience because we were kind of the newest kid on the block. And they're like, you know, how did it, how did this go for you? How did construction go? How do you navigate these things? And it's really fun to be able to, to cooperate like that. And they'll talk your ear off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, that now that you mentioned that, and I've heard from, you know, other brewers, you know, across the country, especially, you know, when we just had uh, the Craft Brewers Conference here this May, which we've been trying to get for years and years, and finally they let <laughs> allowed us to do it here. And then just going to other CBCs or other conferences around that people have said, other brewers or other just craft beer industry people in different states, that while, you know, in their local areas, people might hang out and talk shop and be really friendly. They're like, you guys seem to be just tighter here in Minnesota than mm -hmm. most. Like, you guys will talk shop. You'll see each other at the same bars, whether that's Grumpy's or Palmer's or, like, a handful of other places after work where you know just you'll just sit down and you know talk shop or just talk life talk whatever over uh, a hams or a high life or something you know <laughs> so what's the brewer's choice at a place like grumpy's i, I personally mean it in high life it's mostly hams i'll never knock hams but it's it's uh you know it's not my number one and that might be sacrilege in this state but like you know i love i love a good high life and a bank you know banquet and uh, hams would be like i'm down on seconds. the banquet i'm yeah. down on the banquet yeah. but you know the misconception is like oh yeah you guys go to grumpy's you probably drink one of everything on tap it's like not really like we don't when we're done with work we don't want anything like that and if we do it's maybe one thing just to support some of our buddies or favorite places and afterwards it's i'll take a hams i'll take a high life i'll take a banquet schlitz you know pbr old style anything <laughs> pbr that's that's kind of my go-to yeah all right all right so but yeah it's you're you are right it's it's a lot it, the camaraderie is pretty strong in the industry and, and especially in the state 
And it is fun to hear that from other people in other states. Like you guys, just you're really tight. You're you're you know each other pretty uh, you know intimately, and you enjoy each other enough to hang out outside of work. And whether you talk shop or just it's com- something completely different. I mean, most most of my friends are in the industry. Like I have other friends around here, but you know, I that's another thing too. It's like this is all like work life balance with the craft in- beer industry is is interesting because when you're done, the things you like to do and when, when you leave are kind of the things you do in your career and you hang out with those same people they kind so of blend it's, together yeah. it's like a closed loop thing you know which is nice in in and of its own thing but it's also to like be mindful like well maybe <laughs> maybe we should take a break every once in a while and like focus on, on some other stuff but other than that yeah we all get along for the most part very well share you know recipes ingredients little tips like hey i know you do this too do you have any tips for me to i i don't want to copy your recipe but i know i could be doing better do you have like little tips or tweaks yeah a b or c try that awesome thank you i'm going to do that and then more often than not it's very helpful or it does end up changing things for the good very positive and it's like thanks man that 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 helped a lot yeah no problem and then you know they'll come to you for something and be like absolutely like what do you need for a b or c and and you mentioned just briefly ingredients but that's the other thing is there's a lot of sharing of maybe it's equipment maybe it's something that we don't have yet that maybe we'll buy in year two but we have a need for it now and it's like hey can you loan us and we've done the same i mean someone you know maybe their pump isn't working and they need to borrow our pump for a day or it's even you know maybe it's it's yeast we harvest some yeast for someone and they'll harvest some yeast for us and it's like it's great just sharing and and working together yeah yeah so speaking of community, I'll have to tell you a story, a little story here. One time I was in here with all three of my kids. I almost walked out of here with a dog. <laughs> and I've noticed that you <laughs> that happens a lot. You have community <laughs> you guys have community events going on all the time every time I'm down here. Not every time, but most of the time. So I want to touch base on this because this is like this is like a passion project for me is helping out community organizations and, and charitable organizations. And you seem to do a lot with that. So do you want to talk sure. a little bit about so, that? Sure. So yeah, uh, community engagement and involvement is definitely one of our core values really we have four core values good beer we're not gonna say the greatest in the world but just really good beer we want people to be able to come in and, and enjoy a good beer a great atmosphere and good service we want people to feel comfortable here community engagement and then diversity equity and inclusion are our four goals so on the community engagement specifically we identified three goals or areas to focus on as an organization our employees voted on it so it's food security domestic violence prevention and then also lbgtq education awareness and support. We also do have some dog involvement in there too. And some of that's personal because we work with a rescue. And so we do a lot to help out rescues, but the other three are really our core. And what we try to do is to support those in both a uh, monetary monetary fashion and also by getting out there and, and engaging in the community. So just for example, this past week, we went to feed my starving children. We had a group of us out. We all had our uh, extra mile, nine mile volunteer shirts. We're going the extra mile, helping out in the community. Uh, it was a great experience. So so we will definitely continue to do that. The other thing is we've got a really nice event space that can hold 120 people seated, 180-ish standing. So we've done things like silent auctions to help raise money for the Veterans Memorial that's proposed for Bloomington or a local athlete that was injured. We really want to help and just be engaged in the community and bring people in so it's not just a tap room. It's it's almost like a, a community event center. Or like a third space. Yeah. Like. Yep. yeah, you guys have a beautiful space. I mean, this is one of the coolest tap rooms out there. 
again, if you're in the Bloomington area, you guys need to stop here. You need to and grab a pub mile, do the side pour. You won't be sorry. So now what, one other thing I wanted to touch on is like when coming into the tap room, you guys have this beautiful tap room, but then I notice that there's these Lego sets hanging all over the place. And I, and I just have to ask, like the geek vibe seems pretty strong here. Yeah. So, you're so correct. hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully the, the geek vibe isn't overwhelming, but here's what I love about the Legos. I love to watch kids come in and all of a sudden they'll see the Star Wars action figures or the, and they start running around the tap room looking at it. It's just something fun. One of our employees, Ryan, loves Legos, loves to build them, and loves watching the kids when they come in and they see them. So, yes, we do have a number of our employees are very deep into that geek world, if I can say that, which is awesome. But it's just kind of fun. I mean, I don't want it to be – a tap room is not meant to be serious in my mind. It's meant to be very comfortable and a fun, playful atmosphere, and I think that that lends itself very well to it. I mean, you can hear anything, you know, depending on the time of day, from like Frank Sinatra to thrash metal to a <laughs> Star Wars soundtrack. Like we're we are dorks here. <laughs> That's for sure. And I think just about every time I've been here, there has been somebody playing some pretty serious games up at that square table that's right up by the uh, uh, the main. That is our place official. Your that's our official game geek table. It's okay. under the the Game of Thrones dragons. It's the, the dork corner. Yes, yeah. so that's that's kind of what we had it designed for. We, this table looks perfect to have. We really did. So game. so when we looked at that space, a lot of us love to play games, and so we looked at it and said, okay, we had a, a local guy helped do a lot of our woodwork, built tables for us. Let's so let's get a four by four table, eight stools, and that's where people can sit down and play their board games. And it, it, it is. It's really where people hang out. It's fun. That's awesome. You know, and maybe in the future we'll have some, like, cool art reflect that on those walls, you know, down the road. Just to make it more like, yes, this is where you want to come to play. If you have the time and you can last that long, a game of Risk here or, you know, what have you, like anything. <laughs> See, for me, coming down here to play Risk... I run into the risk of not being able to walk home or drive home more appropriately. Sure. Yeah. Like what, when I was still working at Dangerous Man, and this was when I was up front just as a bartender before I segued into the back, like first year, there was a group that would, um, for man, a handful of Saturdays for months on end would come to one of the back tables from open to close and play risk the entire time. No wonder why I could never find a seat there. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow managed to, I mean, by the end of the night, they were well into it as far as um, (laughs) feeling it goes. But there was always someone that either stayed neutral to drive or they were safe and like, it was impressive. It really was. Pretty impressive, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, last question for you. If people want to find out more about Nine Mile Brewing, where should they go? So uh, out to our website, it's Nine Mile Brewing. It is the number nine milebrewing.com. That is the same as our Instagram and the same as our Facebook as well. So And don't the, forget to check them out on TikTok as well, yes, too. So yes. some really great pieces <laughs> that have been moved through there. It's Yes, it's been very fun. Uh, social media is not my forte from just my background, but... We've got uh, our social media person does a wonderful job. It's been super fun to watch that develop and as we've grown. Uh, so everything is the number nine, Mile Brewing spelled out uh, for Insta- Instagram, Facebook, uh, and the website, as well as TikTok. All right. Well, that is all from Nine Mile Brewing out in Bloomington, Minnesota. If you are ever in the area, this is a must-stop brewery to visit. Uh, Grab a side pour of that pub ale, and you are not going to be disappointed. (laughs) So thank you for joining us, and now we're headed back to the pod basement. Prost! Thanks for joining us for Wandering the Weekend. If you like our show, be sure to leave a like or comment on whatever directory you are using. 
You can follow us on Facebook, or you can look us up on Instagram under wandering underscore weekend MN. Wandering the Weekend is part of the Beer Ploma Podcast Network. Follow Beer Ploma on Untapped under Beer Ploma to find out what we will be drinking next. I'm Miles the best. I'm Miles the best root beer.